0: Geeks and we are here at the Geeky Therapy Home Offices with breaking news. San Diego Comic-Con 2018 is coming to an end, and with it comes a rainfall of new movie news and movie trailers. And here to help sift through all the details and sort out this mess of information is your Geeky Therapist. So get yourself strapped in, because you are here for a very special episode, SDCC 2018 Movie Recap. So, getting into the movie news and the multitude of trailers that were dropped during SDCC, um, there is a lot to cover. I don't recall there being so much movie news within a span of four days at any prior Comic-Con. Now, I'm not saying that that's not the case, especially since this is the first Comic-Con in years, probably since the introduction of the MCU, that Marvel Studios was not there to, you know, directly promote new material. Um, So this list, and I'm looking at a list right now, and I have at least 15 points to discuss over a four-day weekend, and Marvel is not even in it at all. I have nothing, well, I have one thing Marvel-related, and that's what we're going to start with, um, but it's crazy when you really have to focus on uh, the amount of material that is being revealed. You really start to kind of take notice that, one, not everything is Marvel and DC. And two, uh, you easily miss a lot when you are following... Comic-Con coverage because it is usually the big-name studios that are getting most of the spotlight and you miss out on a number of upcoming films that you probably wouldn't know of otherwise until an uh, official trailer drops on other media, TV, things like that, or you happen to see it at the movies. Uh, But like I said, I'm going to start with the one piece of Marvel-related news coming out of the movie industry. And that is the controversial firing of director James Gunn uh, from the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. Or, well, soon-to-be trilogy, we hope. Due to controversial tweets that he that kind of resurfaced um, from Twitter, uh, some person, I guess there was some sort of conversation occurring and brought all of this crap back to the surface. That James Gunn had removed from Twitter a long time ago. And that he said years ago. And I read a lot of the tweets that this person posted. um, And yeah, Gunn was making some very offhanded comments. And very crude jokes related to things like rape and um, pedophilia. And I can understand that it is not the type of publicity that a company like Disney is going to stand for. Um, And so due to this uh, material being resurfaced, they chose to part ways with James Gunn due to the statements he made not reflecting the values of Disney. I say it's a controversial firing because... I am noticing, not just internally within myself, but I'm seeing a lot of celebrities and other people and even fans getting together, starting petitions, and are saying that James Gunn was wrongfully fired. Um, He's not wrongfully fired. Disney has the right to fire him. Disney has the right to fire anybody. And in this day and age, social media rules the world. Okay, let's face it. This is the time in which we live. Anything that people say or do or demonstrate on any Internet platform uh, is looked under the largest magnifying glass. And it is chosen to exemplify who they are as a character, as a person, etc. But even I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. I understand Disney's point of view, I get it, um, but from what I understand, these points, these this type of crude humor that James Gunn sh- was, was displaying 10 or so odd years ago, came up upon Disney hiring James Gunn to direct Guardians of the Galaxy. And they still hired him. So I don't understand if that was the case. And I don't have proof that it was. I'm just kind of hearing this as the news is rolling out. Why is it a big deal right now? Um, You know. Because he was hired. When when did the first Guardians come out? In 2010? Uh, So it's not as though it was that long ago. Um, Maybe it was was, um, 2011. But. You know, you have... The, no, it was 2014. So let's say he was hired in 2012 or 2013. That is maybe six years ago. If it wasn't a big issue then, why is it a big issue now? Okay? And second, and this is, I think, a larger um, moral issue or... Uh, kind of a a philosophical train of thought in regards to this entire social media, watch what you say, these things are not okay movement. Okay. Um, you have a lot of celebrities and, um, you know, people who have a lot of public influence or, Can reach a large public audience you have a lot of these people coming under scrutiny because they are either saying or doing or acting or posting things that I guess the majority or some part of society is deeming inappropriate or uncalled for and then they are getting fired or removed from their shows their allegations coming against people um, and, and I – it confuses me. And some people will say uh, it's because I'm a male or because I am in – I'm a part of the millennials or whatever the fuck they want to say. But when, for example, you know, recently Chris Hardwick, uh, an ex-girlfriend, came out and said that he was abusive and was describing some things in their relationship that would indicate that uh, Chris Hardwick abused her, and he was immediately removed from his Comic-Con panel, Uh, AMC replaced him as host of The Talking Dead, and all of this just came out of allegations. Is that all it takes? Is that where we are? Is it no longer innocent until proven guilty? Do people not care about actually having real evidence that someone has done something wrong before we start dropping the hammer on people with gun, okay? There's not even accusations, you know, that any of what he said he has done or acted on, okay? There's nothing in here that says James Gunn has engaged in pedophilia. There's nothing in here saying James Gunn has ever raped anyone. No one's coming out and saying, oh, James Gunn has done that stuff to me. He made some really crappy jokes and offhanded comments that are extremely inappropriate and I believe that most people would cringe at. But he doesn't do that anymore and this is where my big issue comes in when a situation like James Gunn happens and some dickweed who has nothing better to do starts pulling all of this stuff up from the past and posts it and the person in question is no longer doing that stuff but still gets the hammer brought down based on stupid mistakes he made in the past. Again, he didn't do any of this. It's not like he raped anybody, as far as we know. He hasn't touched any children in an inappropriate way, as far as we know. He made jokes about it. And yet, the hammer gets dropped. And I worry about the message we send the people about their mistakes Because when you fire James Gunn because he said stupid shit in the past... You are telling people that there is no point in you changing because once you do something wrong, you are forever going to live under the punishment of that one mistake. So you might as well just keep making the mistakes and saying the stupid shit and doing the terrible shit because no one's going to care that you are rehabilitated or you're a better person or you have changed or you have grown or you have... Have learned because the world just wants to find people that it can knock down a few pegs and that's where i feel we're at and so i don't agree with james gunn being fired um i think that we you know i don't know i just think it it's kind of a brash move again i understand disney's point of view though i'm not saying they had no right they have the right it's their company they don't want someone directing something they don't have to i think overall in terms of this culture that we're in and the way that social media is starting to impact people's lives and the way it's being used to judge others um i think it's kind of ridiculous and um I, you know, I thought we had a court of law, I thought we had a legal system, and yes, it has its flaws, a lot of them, but that's kind of what we use to determine if people have committed crimes, if people have done wrong, Um, so I don't know, I think there's so much now uh, being, there's so much that's based on people's, I guess, moral judgments Uh, and their moral character, and, you know, I've met a lot of shitty people who do good things, and the fact that they're shitty people doesn't take away from the good things they've done, um, so, alright, so let's move past this controversy, um, but that's kind of it, uh, coming out of the Marvel movie news, um, so the first thing, first trailer we're going to talk about is uh, something that dropped prior to Comic-Con actually occurring, um, which is a frequent occurrence. I think, I don't know necessarily that all of what I'm talking about during these two recap episodes occurred at Comic-Con because a lot of companies and studios just use the spotlight of Comic-Con to go ahead and release and unveil things coming in the future. Um, So this movie is called uh, Overlord and it is being produced by J.J. Abrams, which already puts me in this mindset of, all right, we're going to see either an action movie or a sci-fi movie because typically that's the genre that Abrams is associated with so it starts off with uh, a couple of soldiers in an army plane and you're getting narration by one of the soldiers Um, it's clearly during World War 2 Uh, Planes start getting shot down. Soldiers start abandoning the planes. They land in France. You see some really strong, dark imagery of some religious statues in a pile burned. Um, And you're like, okay, a really dark World War II movie, which is fine. Thinking Abrams, again, he's just producing, he's not directing it, but... Um, you're thinking, oh, he's kind of going in the direction that Nolan, Christopher Nolan, went in recently when he directed Dunkirk. He went from this very mind-bending genre, um, of like Inception and Interstellar and The Prestige and Memento and went to do Dunkirk, um, Abrams is kind of leaning that way too. We're going to get a really dark Abrams-y um, World War II film. And then, nope, Nazi Zombies. That's right, folks. It starts uh, kind of going down that horror route of the soldiers having to figure out what's happening in this compound. And it's Nazis doing these experiments. Um, and you get, uh, a very horror sense to it and, um, they're almost like, uh, they're not the typical zombie. They're not slow. They're kind of like the world war Z zombies where they're like really fast and almost supernatural. So, uh, overlord is looking like it's a war horror film. So, that's kind of cool. I think it's something worth checking out. So, after that, we have something that I'm excited about. And this is in the anime realm. Uh, But the new Dragon Ball Super Movie trailer was dropped. And even before the trailer dropped, it was finally revealed that the mystery Saiyan... Uh, who would serve as the film's antagonist, is Brawly. Now, for those of you that know Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball and the whole series, know that Brawly is the legendary Super Saiyan who does not exist in the canon of Dragon Ball. Uh, He only exists in the movie universe. And so, I know that a lot of people are disappointed, and in a lot of ways it does feel kind of cheap that we had supposedly this new Saiyan that was going to appear, and we can then further expand on the mythos of the Saiyans, uh, and they're like, it's Brawly, who you've already seen and known, and it's not actually a new Saiyan, but... Broly will actually exist in canon in the main storyline of Dragon Ball Z now. Well, I guess it's Dragon Ball Super, but you know what I'm saying. I am not a fan of the new animation style. It doesn't bother me, and I'm not going to complain about it, but I do wish they kept the more digital style of Dragon Ball Super and the recent movies like Resurrection F, I thought that that animation style was just looked really good and looked really clean. Um, with the Broly movie, it looks much more drawn, 90s drawn animation, which is great and very nostalgic. But I wish they just kind of stuck with the digital stuff. But anyway, it looks cool. I'm excited for it. Um, That should be released. um, I don't know if... I think the U.S. release is going to be in December of this year. But I know when it comes to these Japanese releases that have to be dubbed... Um, the release dates can get a little mixed up. But I think it's in December of this year that you can catch Dragon Ball Super Broly. And I know I didn't mention it earlier, but Overlord uh, should be out this November. Then we had some first footage shown for uh, Wonder Woman 1984 and IT Chapter 2. Uh, both of which won't be coming out until late next year. It chapter 2 set to release on September 6th of 2019 and then Wonder Woman 1984 is set to release in November of 2019. So both of these movies are very far from being finished. Um, the footage that was shown was very minor. Uh, from what I understand, Wonder Woman's was uh, Diana saving a young girl in a mall, and with It Chapter 2, it kind of just showed the adult counterparts of the children we watched in the first film reuniting. Um, so, I'm excited for both of those movies. Um, I think think I'm more excited for it chapter 2 uh because good horror is hard to come by these days um and the cast James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader, Isaiah Mustafa it's going to be well acted so um after that you have um The first details uh, about the third Annabelle movie. And if you don't know what Annabelle is. It spun out of the first Conjuring. And is based on the Annabelle doll. Um, The first one came out. It was subpar. It had its moments. But ultimately not that great. And then the second one came out. Annabelle 2, I don't remember the subtitle for it, but it was a a prequel to the first Annabelle. And it was done really well, and now they're going to make a third one. And it was described as being Night at the Museum meets The Conjuring. Um, So in this movie, it is supposed to take place after... Ed and Lorraine Warren uh, receive the doll and, you know, put it in their room of hauntings or whatever you want to call it, where they store all of the haunted artifacts that they uncover over their investigations and things of that nature. And so the movie's supposed to take place within the Warren home, I guess with their daughter being the one who is being haunted By not just the Annabelle doll, but a number of other haunted things that uh, reside in their home. So it sounds like you should just expect um, a hodgepodge of scares. And you can look to see that movie in summer of 2019. Now we move on to the first trailer... For the third movie in the Unbreakable Trilogy by M. Night Shyamalan. This is brilliant. This whole setup, this whole concept is nuts. Um, Okay, so let me just give a quick roundup. Um, M. Night Shyamalan released a movie called Unbreakable. And it was this offbeat superhero thriller type of film um, that to this day I don't know that I fully understand and it's mostly because I watched it when I was younger and I wasn't really into understanding film and what a director was trying to do I was much more into seeing cool shit Um, and so this movie came out in 2000 and it's pretty much uh, this guy, played by Bruce Willis, was the only survivor on a train crash. And there is this theory that is presented to him by Samuel L. Jackson's character, Mr. Glass, that Bruce Willis is a superhero. And so it's kind of like you're watching the formation of a superhero and his arch nemesis, with Willis being the hero and Jackson being the villain. Um, And so that was it. That was the movie. Then, uh, a few years ago, M. Night Shyamalan released the movie Split, which starred James McAvoy opposite Anya Taylor-Joy, and McAvoy played this character who suffered from uh, disassociative identity disorder, which for most people just know it as multiple personality disorder, and they all live with inside of him, and some of them are good, or innocent, and some are bad, and then he has this one personality, which was the Beast, which served as the most dangerous part of him. But, I think the most thrilling part was what came at the end. I don't remember if it was the end of the movie, or if it was a mid-credits scene, but uh, you had it tie in split To Unbreakable. And you recognize now that Split was actually an indirect sequel to the movie Unbreakable, which now leads us to the third movie, Glass. Um, And with this movie, you have Bruce Willis's character trying to track down James McAvoy's character. And I don't necessarily know where uh, Jackson's character uh, fits in all this. But in the trailer, you have a lot of cool action shots. It feels very new age superhero. um, Almost like kick-ass um, in the sense that it's very street-level hero-type stuff and is within a genre that right now is the most popular genre in Hollywood um, but it doesn't feel like the typical offerings we're getting from studios like Warner Brothers or Marvel so you have uh, most of the trailer set in a psych hospital and you're kind of being reintroduced to these characters and their mentalities and the things that they believe about themselves and their so-called abilities. Um, really cool, really excited. I am going to... This movie comes out in January, so before that time, I do plan on rewatching Unbreakable and Split. We also got some new footage um, from The Nun, which is the second movie that is a spinoff from The Conjuring films, and this one is due to release in September of this year. Uh, its trailer has already been out for a while, so check it out. Um, it's much more gothic horror. Um, I, I'm worried... That the nun served itself better in the very small role it had in the first first conjuring, kind of maintaining that air of mystery around it, um, made it really creepy. And I and I'm worried that the movie will, kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say be corny, but kind of removing that veil and kind of opening up that world won't be as exhilarating or as creepy. Um, in the same way, you know, Annabelle, the doll, it was kind of creepy in the first Conjuring film. They did a spinoff. The first one was, you know, subpar again. Um, and then after that, they kind of hit their stride. So I don't know if The Nun, again, we haven't seen it. So I don't know if it's going to be something that can spawn uh, another another movie about it. But I'm hoping that they can do well with this. Um, the director is uh, Corin Hardy. And he did a movie called The Hallow, which I watched on Netflix um, a while ago, and I thought it was pretty good. So I am hoping that the success he had with The Hallow uh, will just translate over into The Nun. Let's jump into the most exciting part for me uh, in regards to the new movie trailers Godzilla King of the Monsters official comic con trailer um i grew up on Godzilla i grew up watching the animated series i grew up with the old subbed japanese movies Uh, my favorite being Godzilla versus Mothra, the battle for earth. They were so bizarre and weird, but I loved them. Always been a big Godzilla fan. I was even a big fan of whether it come out in 2000 or 2001, the Godzilla movie, uh, in, you know, set in New York city, um, um, So I just love Godzilla, everything Godzilla. And when they started hinting that the new Kong Skull Island movie would eventually meet Godzilla and, you know, this whole grand monster uh, crossover would occur, I was getting really excited. And then, uh, spoiler alert for those that haven't watched Skull Island yet, there is a mid credit scene where they are learning that kong is and the uh, what was it skull crushers or whatever those creatures were that were also on the island were not the only large monsters that existed in the world and they were showing a bunch of pictures and godzilla was one of them and so with this trailer holy shit balls they delivered I know a lot of people were not big fans to the Godzilla movie that came out in 2014, to which this movie, Godzilla King of the Monsters is the sequel to feeling as though there wasn't enough actions. It was more story driven and it doesn't really work well when it's a monster movie. Um, This movie is fixing all of that. No one will be able to complain about it just based on the footage in this trailer. You have everybody. Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan, King Ghidorah. Um, It looks crazy. It looks like a giant monster disaster movie. Uh, And it's not telling a lot in regards to the story. It does star Vera Farmiga, who is probably best known for playing Lorraine Warren in The Conjuring and Conjuring 2, uh, as well as playing Norma Bates in the TV series Bates Motel. Uh, And it looks as though her character believes that unleashing these monsters, which she calls Titans, uh, in the trailer, is the only way to save the world that humanity is destroying. Um, And at some point... It looks like she can tell she screwed up. Um, It also stars uh, Millie Bobby Brown, who plays the character Eleven on Stranger Things. And it looks like she is uh, Vera Farmiga's daughter in the film. Um, And at some point in the movie, she calls her mom a monster. Um, And I'm assuming that that's the point where... You, you know, people start realizing, okay, maybe unleashing these giant monsters was a terrible idea. And my thought is that Godzilla is actually going to be the one that saves the humans from these creatures. Um, because it typically uh, is Godzilla is like a misunderstood hero a lot of the time. Uh, he comes out, you know, destroys. And I know I said he, I don't know what Godzilla is really. Um, but I'm just going to say he he comes out and causes a lot of destruction, but gets the job done and then kind of disappears back into the ocean. So I think it's going to be Godzilla uh, kind of putting his flag in the ground as, I'm the man, don't mess with me, these other monsters ain't shit. And then I believe that's how you set up the Godzilla vs. Kong movie, uh, you know, With Kong, you know, having an ego and being, yo, who's this guy? Uh, He's got nothing on me. Uh, Let's get in a street fight and show him who's boss. So, uh, really excited for this. Really cool. And unfortunately, I have to wait until May of 2019 to see it. um, Which is great for me. Because I believe May of 2019 is also when Avengers 4 is supposed to come out. So I'm just going to take weeks off from work so I can watch these movies, both of those movies, about three times and then have recovery time. Uh, but that sucks for Godzilla because no one may – any movie looking to be released in May of 2019, uh, studios should go ahead and move those dates. No one should be, else should be in May because Avengers 4 is going to rake up the dough. Um, and I don't like when movie franchises that I enjoy have to compete against uh, the giant blockbusters that you know are going to succeed at the box office because it can take money from these other franchises, and if those franchises don't make enough money, the studios are going to think there's no profit to be made, and then it kind of kills series. So if studios want to play it smart, uh, legendary pictures, uh, grab Godzilla, Push it a couple weeks, it'll be fine, it'll make more money. In weeks prior to Comic-Con, there were rumors swirling that uh, Zombieland 2 was going to be greenlit by Sony um, with the original cast uh, of Emma Stone, Abigail Breslin, Jesse Eisenberg, and Woody Harrelson. These rumors have kind of been on and off throughout the years since the original Zombieland came out. And every time people just ended up being disappointed because rumors just kind of stayed that they were just rumors and nothing was ever official. Now we have something official. Sony has officially announced that a Zombieland sequel is greenlit with the original cast, which is crazy, um, especially for Emma Stone to return. Uh, I, Zombieland was really kind of her first big break, and since then she's won an Academy Award. Her stock is huge, and yet she's coming back to do Zombieland 2. And I think that's really cool and honorable of her to do it, considering it was one of her first breaks. Um, that along with Easy A were kind of her two big A. Who's this girl? She's pretty good. Um, And so, not only has it officially been greenlit, now there is a release date as well. October 11th of 2019, we should expect to see Zombieland 2. And that is awesome. Not only that, the original director... And the original writers are all part of the team. So, yes, I am all about it. In the sequel, the four um, characters will apparently be in the White House. Um, That's apparently where they'll be setting up shop. And the zombies in some way are supposed to have evolved since the first movie. So we should have some new zombie hijinks. So I am very much excited about that. Um, There was some official news dropped about the new uh, Joker origin movie uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix, and, you know, I don't want to be a buzzkill. I don't, but I may just do that. Um, so it's set to release in, on October 4th of next year. And it is working under the title Joker. And the rumors are that that's just what it will end up being called. Um, and the storyline is supposed to somewhat resemble the, uh, killing joke origin of Joker, uh, of being a failed comic and, uh, I don't know if they're going to do the whole falling into a vat of acid uh, after kind of portraying this character of Red Hood, but he's supposed to be a failed comic. I think my problem comes in the form of we don't need a Joker origin movie. The best part of the Joker is that his origin is up in the air. And I understand that just because they're coming out with a movie about a joker origin doesn't mean that they're saying that this is his origin um i just think that the joker having an origin film is an antithesis to who he is as a character the point is is that everything about him is a mystery um and to make a movie that makes it all not a mystery i I think is is kind of crappy And I, I will see it. Like I'm that guy. I'm going to talk shit about it, but then I'll also pay to watch it because I'm interested. But ultimately I think it's stupid. I don't like it. There are some characters that just should not be fleshed out in certain ways. And the Joker is one of them. Um, Which then leads us into the the final part of the movie reviews and trailers and drops. And that is the two full trailers for DC's Aquaman and Shazam. Starting with the Shazam trailer. Uh, it felt very ant man ish. Um, if I'm going to compare it to something, uh, it's definitely a coming of age superhero story. Uh, you know, the typical storyline of I think that most people know of Shazam with uh, Billy Batson uh, coming to meet uh, the original Shazam, uh, and then the as a you know, he's a wizard and he passes on the powers to to Billy Batson and he can say the the word Shazam and it transforms him into a superhero. Um, and so in this film, we see, uh, Billy and I don't know a lot. I don't know anything other than that really about Shazam and the character. So I don't know if any of how much of this is comic accurate and what isn't. But he's taken into a foster home, and his foster brother is very much into superheroes. And you see uh, some Justice League memorabilia. You see some news clippings about Superman. He has a. Um, replica Batarang. And so it's kind of like Billy Batson gets these powers. and he's looking to his foster brother who knows all a bunch of superhero stuff to kind of help him learn and figure out, you know, this new, this new life as a superhero. Um, you know, it looks like he's going to have some good comedy moments. Um, I feel like it can do kind of what guardians of the galaxy did. You know, people knew guardians of the galaxy, But they weren't important. And then the movie came out and they were a hit. Um, Or I guess kind of in the same way, Ant-Man. A lot of people knew who Ant-Man was. You know, he was one of the founding Avengers. Uh, And yet, you know, the movie, he didn't have a movie. And then it came out and holy crap, this is great. I think a lot of people know who Shazam is, especially from the animated uh, universe, both cartoon and movie, and now this movie's really going to put him on the map. Um, I don't think it hurts that Zachary Levi is playing, grown up Billy Batson, he's playing Shazam, and he is a big uh, geek himself, and I think that'll help, uh, you know, in his role, in trying to portray this, I guess the ridiculousness of a kid now being an adult with superpowers. So, Again, I feel... Watching it, I feel the same way when I watched Ant-Man. It has a lot of promise, and it could be good. Ant-Man, I really liked. Shazam, I may really like. So, who knows? But it is set to come out in April of next year. And then we have Aquaman. I will preface the Aquaman discussion by saying, yes, I am one of those people who has always made fun of Aquaman. Um... To me, Jason Momoa's portrayal of him in Justice League did not help as much as I think a lot of people said it did. Um, I still felt the character was too over the top. You know, very much like, you know, dude, awesome. Like, very California surfer boy, you know, especially with, you know, the my man. Like, I don't know. I felt that was actually really corny. Um, and it's not to say that I dislike the character. Um, it was definitely better than it could have been uh, with skin tight, bright orange and green, and talking to fish. But it, for me, it wasn't as cool and as, um, I guess, as as gritty as people have described it to be. And in watching the trailer, which I highly recommend, the trailer was really, really, really good. Um, In in watching the trailer, it it starts with portraying Aquaman as the same cocky, cool-witted character that was shown in Justice League that I thought was a little too over the top. And then as the trailer goes on, he kind of becomes a little bit more subdued. And more, you know, I have to do this to save my home, and blah blah blah. And I'm just like, where the heck was that guy? Um, I think that once the character, and it may just be part of their character growth that they want him to take on, and that's fine. And if that's the case, then I then I understand it better. Um, but I have to say, I think I'm kind of excited to see Aquaman. Um, James Wan is directing it and James Wan could throw shit on a wall and it would be a great movie. Um, I like everything he does pretty much. Um, it felt very Black Panther-esque. I mean, it follows a very similar storyline and I am not saying that they are copying Black Panther. I think naturally Aquaman and Black Panther are going to follow similar paths because they are both based around kings who lead a kingdom and have to come into their own as rulers uh, while balancing being ruler and warrior, which is what Black Panther's about. And Aquaman, it looks like Aquaman is trying to balance being a uh, surface dweller and, you know, heir to the throne of Atlantis. So they are naturally going to be very similar. I can already see kind of the Marvel fanboys, which I am one of them, but I can see a lot of the Marvel fanboys coming out and saying, oh, look, it's the Black Panther wannabes. Naturally, they're going to have similar stories. Um, I do feel, though, that this movie is going to be similar for me to Black Panther in the sense that the villains are going to be the scene-stealers. Black Panther. Black Panther. Black Manta looked really cool. Um, and then I guess his brother is, is Ocean Master. I don't know if, if that's true. I could be wrong in that. Again, I'm not well-versed in DC, uh, but that's my assumption that that the, the guy that Aquaman is competing with to take the throne, I guess that's Ocean Master. Um, I kind of wish it didn't have the whole... Uh, you know, going to wage war with with the land dwellers, you know, and stuff, because that's kind of one of those end of the world apocalyptic scenarios. And I'm hoping they don't go too hard in that because I, I like the thing that makes a lot of the solo um, superhero movies so successful is the fact that They tend to maintain a more grounded approach. It's much, it's a small, it's a smaller, more personal story. And I'm hoping that they find that balance with Aquaman and that it's not all, Oh, we have to save the world, you know? Uh, and I'm, I always take it back to Ant-Man because Ant-Man should not have worked. Ant-Man should not have been a good movie. It's, it's such a bizarre concept. It's Ant-Man. Um, and yet, it works so well because they made it personal. And they made you really care about the character, the supporting characters, and the story that they're playing out. And so, I'm hoping that James Wan can achieve that with Aquaman, um, especially since uh, you know a lot of the DC movie universe has primarily been uh, shit on for the most part. But I have to say shit on rightfully so, um, it has not done that well, and that is a, a good time to bring up the fact that, um, there is no more DC Extended Universe, the DCEU, uh, is no longer the title for this group of films, uh, that Warner Brothers is now calling this the Worlds of DC. Now, first of all, again, Warner Brothers has never called the DC movies an extended universe. Um, So, nor are they saying that it's called the Worlds of DC, but during their uh, panel at Comic-Con, they started the film segment with this banner, Welcome to the Worlds of DC. Uh, And so there's a lot of thought that that's what they're calling it. That's what they're going to end up calling it, is the Worlds of DC, rather than it being within the same universe, which is how they're making, you know, presumably making multiple Joker origin movies, which, again, is all stupid. Um, And rather than have everything have to tie together in the way that the Marvel movies have... um, it can just all exist under the same banner and not necessarily all be um, shared. So be more multiverse than single shared universe. Um, Which I think is an extremely smart decision by Warner Brothers, because if you're going to do the shared universe, you have to do it the way Marvel did it. Marvel did it perfectly. And Warner Brothers isn't going to copy off of Marvel, because then you have to live with the, you just copied off of your competitor. So rather than do it the half-assed shitty way they've been doing it, trying to do it the Marvel, trying to get the same end product Marvel has, but doing it in in a different and wrong way, just just don't do it that way. Do it a completely different way. Just have all these movies exist within some realm of uh, disconnected continuity, and I think that that's a really brilliant idea. And for DC to succeed as a studio um, and for these movies to, to remain as profitable as Warner Brothers is expecting them to be, and as they probably should be, uh, I think this whole world of Worlds of DC banner is certainly uh, the way to get it going. And that is all the time we have today, Geeks and Geekettes. I encourage you to look up any of the trailers from the discussion today look up the descriptions for any of the shown footage and get ready for uh, another year of exciting movies in the theaters as always i am your geeky therapist don't forget to stay